Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. It is Tuesday. January 12th, 2021, as we have embarked on a new era in the short history of the program. As you may know, this show has dropped on Thursday since the very beginning back in April of 2020, and we decided to make a switch sooner rather than later. So here we are, two shows in five days, eight interviews for your viewing pleasure. We do have another interview in the can as well, a Fight Island participant, a little bonus chat ahead of Abu Dhabi the return of fights for the UFC, but I'm excited about the switch. And with that, Between the Links moves to Thursdays beginning this week. So stay tuned for that. Got some fun things planned for BTL. But for those who have been missing UFC action, the wait is over this Saturday as the promotion is back in Abu Dhabi, back on Fight Island, UFC Fight Island 7, which will also be the debut event for the UFC on ABC. That one is headlined by Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. And good gravy, is that an amazing fight? I've been talking all about it for quite some time. I'm very excited for it. We did speak with Calvin Cater already. You can go back into the archives and check out that chat, which a lot of you did already, which is much appreciated. But that is a a pretty damn good card. And then four days later, we have UFC Fight Island 8, a nice early morning start time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the prelims, noon Eastern Standard Time for the May card. That event headlined by Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. Definitely the under-the-radar card of the trifecta, although if you really take a look at it and look at some of the matchmaking, some sneaky good fights on that card. And, of course, the main event is, is a really good one between Chiesa and Magny. Fascinating fight for a division that needs some movement up the top. And then, of course, how can we not mention UFC 257, January 23rd, headlined by the big one between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, a rematch more than six years in the making. 
But there's a lot of fun fights on the horizon. We'll talk a little bit about that on the program. But let us run down the lineup and we'll say hello to our first guest on this first Tuesday edition of What the Heck. Wrapping up this week is one of the UFC featherweight division's bright up-and-coming prospects, the unbeaten Lerone Murphy will join us. He will be competing on Fight Island on that Wednesday, January 20th event against Douglas Andrade. That is a crazy fight. One of the under-the-radar bouts for sure on Fight Island. Lerone looked phenomenal in his last fight against Ricardo Hamos in July. Excited to check in with the Miracle, which, by the way, if you have followed this man's career, you know that the Miracle is a, is a pretty perfect nickname, no doubt about that. A lot of people have been asking me where Tristan Connolly has been when is he fighting again? Why haven't we seen him since he came out of nowhere and beat Michel Pajeda in Vancouver? Well, a lot has happened with the boondock, and it seems as if the worst of that is behind him, and he's ready to come back and compete in the octagon, but you're going to hear that crazy story a little bit later on. Rather than, you know, figure out and answer the question, might as well bring the man on. He can explain it himself, and it's pretty crazy. He'll join us in a little bit. As the great John Anik has called him over the last several months, Mr. October, Casey Kenny, is going to join us in around 20 or 20 or so minutes because he has himself booked in the biggest fight of his career on March 6th at UFC 259. He's going to be taking on the former longtime UFC Bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz. That whole, that whole event is absolutely ridiculous. Three title fights. We got Blahovich versus Adesanya. We got Nunes versus Anderson. We found out late last week that Piotr Jan's first title offense against Aljamain Sterling. That will take place on that card as well. What an event that is shaping up to be. And Casey Kenny has a massive opportunity to become a major player in one of the UFC's deepest divisions. We will get his thoughts on that fight and that opportunity momentarily. But first, it has been a minute since we have chatted with the great Stephen Thompson, he defeated Jeff Neal in a, a pretty outstanding performance, pitched a shutout to put a bow on 2020 on December 19th at UFC Vegas 17. He seemed to have had an issue with his knee in the latter stage of that fight. So let us get an update on the injury and on the life and career of Wonderboy himself right now, kicking us off on What the Heck. All right, as we have jumped into this new year with hopefully some good vibes, I thought it was a good sign that the last man to get his hand raised in the octagon in 2020 was the nicest MF or champion and outstanding shutout performance against Jeff Neal at UFC Vegas 17. Let us say hello for the first time in 2021 to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. How are you, man? Doing good, my friend. Doing good. Glad to be on with you, my friend. Glad to be on with you. Love chatting with you. It's always a good time. Absolutely. So I, I want to start with this TikTok video that is made the round, Stephen. Good Lord, that is hilarious with the uh, the new boot goofing from Reno 911. Absolutely classic, my man. This video is all over the place. Did you expect this thing to to blow up the way that it has? I really didn't, to be honest with you. You know, uh, for New Year's, uh, my strength and conditioning coach had like a cowboy themed like um, New Year's party. And my leg was still swollen and it didn't fit any of my jeans. So I cut them off. You know, I did like the, just the, the cut off jeans. Uh, of course I have my, my ostrich skin boots on. So I thought what better, uh, you know, way to go about this by doing a TikTok video of the Reno 911, Reno 911 video, uh, you know, of him coming out in the new, new boots. Right. So just doing it for, for fun. I didn't really think it was going to blow up like it did. <laughs> People were loving it. 
When it comes to like classic TV shows that are underappreciated, Reno 911 is is in like the top five, is it not? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I actually started watching the 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 uh, Reno 911 again. Started all the way back over from doing the TikTok video because I love it so much. You guys are hilarious. Love it. Who who actually recorded the video? Uh, my girlfriend actually, Carrie. She did the video. So and she was spot on. I mean, video credits to her because. It was perfect. You know, she told me when to when to jump out there because you had to, um, you know, go in and, and, you know, talk as if you're talking. Right. Because it's dubbed. So it was perfect. She was she did a good job. Was she cracking up like the entire time? Oh, the whole time. We had to do several takes, several takes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Great, great stuff. Uh, it was a great show. That was a great show on TikTok. But you also put on a great show on December 19th against Jeff Neal. First and only fight of 2020. And you got your money's worth, man. 25 minutes. How did it feel to just get back in there and compete? Because it looked like you were having a blast in there. Oh, it was awesome, man. It was really good. I mean, being out for a year and obviously everybody knows why. Of course, broke my hands, you know, hurt my collarbone, COVID, all that stuff. But just to be able to to go out there and do 25, uh, 25 minutes was just awesome. You know, being out for a year, you don't expect to be able to go out there and be able to do that. But you know, like I was telling everybody, I, I stay in shape. You know, helping my my uh, teammates get ready for their fights, help Chris Wyman get ready for his fight. And when I do get ready for fights, even though it's a three round, I always do the championship rounds. I always do five fives. So when I got the call to do, hey, your main event, you're gonna do five round five rounds now. I'm like, let's go. I'm ready to go. So I was just excited, just a step back out there. The end of 2020. Um, and have my hand raised at the end against a tough opponent. Jeff Neal is super strong, super tough, and uh, he's got a you know he's got a long road ahead of him. I know he's we're going to see him at the top. Um, I mean he's he's young. I mean he's young uh, and and still improving. So I know we'll see him back out there again with his hand raised for sure. Yeah, I know. I know the NMF title wasn't on the line, but to me, this felt like an NMF an NMF title fight because you can't find two nicer guys in the sport. Like Jeff is so such a nice guy. You're obviously such a nice guy, and Jeff is this surging up and comer trying to take this next step. While you're there defending your spot, and I know you really wanted that Leon Edwards fight, but when Jeff was offered to you after all of this, because obviously the the Shemayev thing came about, how did you react to that? You know, I was I was game. I was definitely game, even though he's ranked significantly. You know, he's ranked number eleven, and I felt like I had just fought the number eleven ranked guy in Vicente Luque uh, a year ago. So I'm like, man, I hope these guys aren't making me the gatekeeper. You know, that's kind of going through my head. But you know, at the same time, I was in Jeff Neal's shoes, Vicente Luque's shoe, not too long ago, when you know Jake Ellenberger, who was ranked in the top ten, gave me that shot, and then Johnny Hendricks gave me that shot. So to be able to kind of get back and give these up and comers a shot at it. Um, I didn't mind it at all. You know, um, you know, Jeff Neal is definitely an NMF in my eyes because, you know, I, there were several times where I had fallen down and he actually gave me the opportunity to stand back up. You know, I had slipped and for me, you know, I, I, there was a point where he fell and I let him back up. You know, uh, there was a point where he had me up against the cage and his mouthpiece came out. I let him pick his mouthpiece up and get me back up against the cage. So it was the battle of the NMF for sure during that, that, during that <laughs> fight. Are you like you've you mentioned it because you've been in this spot before you offered the spot to Darren Till, Luke A and now Jeff Neal. Are we are we past the stage now or are we over this or do you feel like 
we're going to have to keep doing this again. Cause I mean, this fight was a lot of fun. You look great. And, and, and Jeff couldn't solve the puzzle that has been difficult for a lot of other fighters, but are we past this, uh, trying to take on prospects phase of, re- of your ho- career? I know I am. I, I, I'm definitely, am. I, I hope the UFC is on the same page. You know, I think I've proved it, proved it my last few fights against some tough guys, some up and comers, undefeated. Jeff Neal was in the UFC and the seven fight win streak that, you know, Vicente Luque had, um, you know, they've got to give me somebody at the top. You know, I know there's a lot of a lot of these guys are booked or maybe got fights coming up, but you know, I really know that I could I could fight for the title for sure. And and I was telling everybody, 2021 is going to be my year. It is my year, and I'm going to have that belt around my waist for sure. How would you grade your performance overall? Um, I, I thought you looked fantastic. I thought it was almost like the time was a good thing for you because you just kind of got to let it all out in that moment. I mean, of course, you want to fight three, four times a year if you could, but to get in there, you could just kind of see yourself having fun and just letting all of like that extra time out in that octagon. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, after every fight, I always feel like I did terrible. I don't know why I do that. You know, um, the end of this fight, I, I know I could have done better. And that's always going through my head. I just know that I, I, I could have been a, a better fighter. And, you know, I, man, I was so close to knocking this guy out. Or I should have thrown this roundhouse kick this way. I should have moved this angle or that angle. There's a lot of what ifs that's going in my head. But I was very happy with my performance. To be able to go five, five-minute rounds against a tough guy like him and an up-and-comer. And then at the beginning of the fight, like, I was, I was the favor. And then... Um, leading up to the fight, he became the favor. I don't mind being the underdog at this point, you know, during the fight, but it goes to show that I'm still in this game and that I'm still improving for sure. And, um, you know, even though I'm, I'll be 38 in February, I feel like I'm 25, you know, um, I don't take a lot of damage. I heal up fairly nicely, as you can tell. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I got a long time in this game and, um, and I'm still improving. So, um, you know, I, I definitely left with a smile on my face, especially after the, the what you know, going back and watching the fight, listening to DC talk about me and the fans and everybody on ESPN just had nothing but good things to say. So um, after the fight and listening to that, listening to them um, give me praises was just amazing. So um, all smiles here. Did you feel like with the odds and, you know, the, how everything sort of played out getting closer to the fight, did you feel like you had a bit of a chip on your shoulder at all? Like, did it get to that point? No. I mean, do I ever have a chip on my shoulder? Come on <laughs> I was now. Just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I really didn't. And it, it, it's understandable when somebody's out for that long with injuries. And, you know, everybody knows how old I am, which I don't think I'm old. You know, who was Eric Hawani said I was a, a veteran. I'm like, really? I mean, I'm looking around like, Hey dad, am I a veteran in the sport? He's like, yeah, man, you've been in the UFC for eight years. And you know, I'm like, you know, like if time flies, I really, I, it's, it's amazing how that I've been in there for eight, for that long, which is, I don't think a long time, but you know, am I a veteran, Mike? Am I really? Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's, there's question. I mean, there's 22 year olds who have like 30 fights and they're veterans. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. I know. I mean, look at um, look at Jose Aldo. I mean, he's he's 34. He's younger than I am, and and I consider him a veteran. You know, so yeah, I guess I guess I am. I'm a veteran, man. <laughs> veteran veteran and, doesn't mean old. It doesn't mean old. Right. And if you're old, I'm old because I'm a day older than you. See, that's what I'm thinking when I think veteran. I think of I'm I'm too old for the sport, right? 
And I think that's my problem. Uh, you know, I'm experienced. Right? Yes. Let's, let's, let's take it out. I'm experienced. I like that better. <laughs> yes. There's, there's like experienced veteran. Then there's like grizzled veteran. Like to me, like grizzled veterans, like a guy who's taking a lot of damage. That's like maybe 100%. making a decision on the way out. You're an experienced veteran. Thank you. Thank you. You just made, you just made my day, my friend made it a whole lot better. There we go. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday to you. How's that? <laughs> How, how's the knee, man? Like, I know that was something that was a concern into the later rounds. You were, you were still getting the best of him despite all of that. But, uh, I mean, was it difficult to move around in there? Were, were you feeling it despite the adrenaline pumping towards the end of the fight? I did. The pain wasn't quite there. I knew it was normally we don't, when you don't feel the pain, um, you'll definitely feel it like an hour later. Um, I ended up tearing my quad and, um, I felt it out there in the fifth round, which is one of the reasons why I kind of had this you know, cut the movement down, kind of stay stationary, a little more stationary. But at the at the time, I, I felt like Jeff Neal was getting a little tired. His strikes weren't as powerful as they were in the first or second. So I was like, you know what? And it was funny. This actually went through my head. Like, I'm going to stand here and duke it out with this guy, and we're going to win fight of the night. We're going to win fight of the night. We're going to win this bonus. So I gripped my teeth and had to stand there and duke it out with one of the best in the biz, uh, good boxing this guy had, obviously. And uh, I felt really good. Like, I took some shots and kept on going, which I knew uh, I haven't lost my chin. I got a hard head, you know, thanks to my, thank you, dad. I was blessed with that. Thanks to him. But uh, yeah, man, that was kind of going through my head. Could move um, and still have trouble moving on it now. Like pushing off is okay, but bending the legs kind of painful. But other than that, I'm fine. So hopefully, you know, the MRI shows that I won't have to have surgery. And I'll be back in the gym here pretty soon. I worked out last week, kind of regretted it a little bit. You know, the next day, my, my leg was a little sore um, and hard to move around on it. But, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back hopefully sooner than later. I don't want to have to be out for another year again. Do not want that to happen. I was just going to say, like, are you sitting there like with 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 your leg in pain in that fight? You're like, come on, man. Like, I can't be injured again. It seems like every fight, like whether it's the hands or like some strange thing that happened along the way, like you must have been like, oh, come on, man. Like, really? I was, man. I was. And then after the fact, the doctor said, listen, you'll be back in no time. Four to six weeks, you'll be back. So I'm like, yes. Oh, nice. So hopefully, you know, early next year, we'll be back at it as well. We'll be back in the octagon duking it out for the fans, baby. There you go. Where do we, uh, where do we go from here, Steven? Cause like you called out Mazadal in, in the nicest way possible. And I love that. I know you wanted to give him another chance to run it back. I dig it. Of course he's tied to Colby. Nothing has been made official in regards to that fight though. But what are your chances in your opinion that you get a fight like that? I, I like it. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I really do hope so. You know, I think I've proven myself. So, you know, obviously I poked a little bit at, at Leon Edwards and he wasn't having it, but I know Masvidal was interested in it not too long ago when he was fighting Usman. He said he wanted to defend the title against against me, and he wanted that win back. So, you know, it's still in his head. Obviously, it's still in his head about uh, facing me again. Um, but we'll have to see what's going on and what happens with these fights coming up. So is Masvidal going to be fighting Colby Covington? What's going to happen with Leon Edwards and Hamzat? Like, who's going to win that? Um you know, and obviously everybody's looking at that title fight in February. Is Burns going to beat Usman? Is Usman going to beat Burns? So there's a lot of things going on there that we just kind of have to, have to sit back and wait until after to see where I go from there. 
I feel like you have more options now than you did before. Like, I mean, I mean, it seems silly to say after coming off of a win, but you fought the number 11 guy. Normally it's kind of like a stagnant position where you go from there. But I feel like you, ha- you do have a lot of options now. Like, despite that, do you feel the same way? I do. And you know, what really makes it makes me more confident is that like a lot of people are talking about it. They're, they're wanting to see me move up the rankings and face these guys in the top four, top five. Um, so as long as they're talking about it, man, like it gives me more confidence every day. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in the gym, like, you know, they're thinking about it. They're talking about it. Is the UFC talking about it? We'll see. But I think I've proven it, man. Give me somebody in the top five. I don't care who it is. Just make it happen, man. (laughs) Do you feel, do you feel like you're the Reno nine one one of the welterweight division? Like you are the most just underappreciated guy. Cause I feel that after every fight, like you see it on social media and they're like, Oh, I can't wait. And then by like the third round, they're like, why do we, why do we underestimate wonder boy? Like, why do we do this? Yeah, man. I feel like sometimes I, I do feel underestimated and I, and I believe it's the fact that those losses that I had, like, like, you know, when Anthony Pettis came up from 155 and knocked me out in the second round, um, you know, people look at that and see, you know, Steven's done or he's lost his chin. I can't believe people are even talking about me losing my chin. I've never been knocked out of my life and rocked many, many times and came back to win the fight. You know, with, uh, you know, the shots I've taken with Tyron, the shot I take, took with Ellenberger, the shots I've taken with Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal. Like, man, I'm still here, man. I haven't lost a dang thing. And I'm in, I'm getting better. You know, every time I step out there, I feel like I'm improving. And, you know, my last two fights have been fight of the night. Like, come on, like, give me this. So sometimes I feel that way. But at the end of the day, you know, I just got to be happy with what, I, with what I got and where I'm at in the division and, um, you know, being healthy. So thank God every day, man, that I'm I'm just glad to be a part. It's perfect, perfect world. When do we, uh, when do we see Wonder Boy back in there in 2021? You think? Uh, say that again. I'm sorry. Per- perfect world. Um, I mean, considering the MRI is, is is beautiful, we're gonna stay positive here. Perfect world. When do we think we see you back in there? I'm hoping March or April is the plan. You know, depending on what the MRI says, I'm thinking March or April because I, uh, you know, I'm still doing some cardio, still doing some strength and conditioning with my coach. Obviously, doing upper body stuff, working my left leg, not my right leg, but uh, still doing things, and I still feel in shape. I still feel great. Um, going to be working and experiencing some some mitt work with pops. We're going to test that out next week. Just doing some hand stuff. So, man, I don't take days off. I really don't. Um, even though I've got, I'm injured. There's always something that you can do. Actually, I did a YouTube video on it last week on, on, um, you know, being injured and still going into the gym and, and, and working out. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, that's the goal looking for March or April. Um, can't hopefully next week we'll get the MRI and see what the doc says and maybe some physical therapy. We'll be back at it again. I'm glad you mentioned your pop because I don't know I don't know if it was on Instagram or, or Facebook that I saw this, but you post this picture of uh, him wrapping your hands and and you talked about like how that's just such an amazing moment for you guys and like you know I think about that with my father too like we'll sit there like we'll watch a Red Sox game or watch a Celtics game and like just like man I remember like being eight nine years old doing the same thing like how cool is that like every time you're about to fight to like share moments like that with your father because like. People watching from the outside in, they might not think it's that big of a deal, but you guys have been doing this thing for a long time, the two of you. Yeah, man, and I don't see myself doing it without him. I mean, just like Khabib, and I kind of understand, I felt for him when his dad passed, you know, rest in peace, and, you know, my condolences to him. So, you know, for him not to be there, like, I understood that. 
Like, I don't want to be here because my dad's been here since the beginning. You know, he's been in my corner for every fight, never missed one. So, you know, when it gets to the point where my dad is not able to do it, I think that's that's going to be the end of it. You know, I don't want to be out there without him in the corner because he's been there every ever ever for every fight. So and to be able to do that and experience that with your dad, not a whole lot of people can say they they can do that. You know, um, and to be able to look on that and smile, it's just amazing because my dad always told me like his dad passed way too soon. And his dad would always tell him, say, listen, man, you know, spend as much time with me as possible because I won't always be here. And he regrets it. He regrets not, you know, doing the things his dad wanted to wanted him to do with him and, you know, take that fishing trip or um, take that little vacay with pops. And and now I can say that, you know, I, I consider myself an observant person. And I take that to heart because, you know, I train with him. Uh, we travel the world together. We know how to separate the coaching and the father aspect. But just to be able to experience that with him is just awesome. And I know it makes him happy. That's great. Um, I, I do want to get your t- your your uh, your opinion on this before we, we wrap things up. Cobra Kai season three. Can I get your thoughts on this? Like, um, I don't know if you've watched it. I'm sure I binged it New Year's Day. I, I I couldn't wait. I know you're a big fan. Did you, did you I watch love it? Yet? I have. Don't don't ruin anything for me. I haven't seen it yet. I'm definitely looking forward to it because when I had when it was before it was coming out, I was into I was watching the Mandalorian, and then I wanted to finish that before I got into the third season. So finished it. Season one, season two of Mandalorian. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan. It's amazing. And Gina Carano's in there, some cool martial arts stuff. You would love it. Uh, so don't ruin anything. I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait. I'm definitely going to be binge watching it uh, within the next two days. So don't <laughs> ruin it for me. I, I would never. And even if you did, I, we wouldn't ruin anything. I would just want to get your, your score on it because it's it's very good. I think you'll dig it. Um, some good stuff, some, some familiar faces. I will just throw that out there. Um, some, okay, some faces awesome. from some of the older movies. So you'll dig it, man. But listen, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the injury is, is not as bad when you said to, you tore your quad. I'm like, Oh my God. I was thinking of like triple H back in like 1999 oh, WWE yeah. when he tore his quad and was out for a year, but seems like yours isn't too bad. And we'll see you back then. March, April sounds good to me, man. Thank you for the time as always. Happy new year to you and yours. And, uh, and all the best to you, my friend, as always. Thank you, brother. Always a pleasure. And hopefully we can do it again very soon. You have a good one, my friend. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. A nicer guy you cannot find. Stephen Thompson joining us, and happy to hear March or April is the time frame for a potential return because like I told him when he said the injury out loud I was like good lord this could be a while the bad luck continues to strike for Wonder Boy but it turns out not that bad some good juju in the air so hopefully he can get himself in a big fight because he deserves it he's top five but 
he's in an interesting position because he might be in a tough spot, which we talked about in the conversation, but he might be in an opportunistic spot as well if some things don't pan out. For example, Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Shemaev. That fight does not have a date. I know there have been some reports that they're looking at March 27th. I'm told those reports are a bit premature. In fact, one source told me that was like throwing a dart and hoping it sticks. But that doesn't mean March 27th is is out of the question. It just isn't anywhere near being done at this moment, I'm told, by multiple sources. So there you go. There's the update on that. But Wonderboy could, could slot himself in there for some reason. They can't put this fight together or something happens. But we will move ahead to our next guest. The positivity continues on. A big opportunity coming up for Casey Kenny. Let us get his thoughts in regards to a massive fight coming up in a little less than two months right now. All right. Well, 2020 was a big year for our next guest. 2021 could be even bigger. As we found out a little over a month ago, this man is going to be facing Dominic Cruz, March 6th at UFC 259. Happy to welcome back Casey Kenny to the program. Happy New Year, sir. How are you? Happy New Year, man. Uh, I'm doing great. Just uh, getting home from training and uh, got a few more weeks before the big uh, Dominic Cruz fight. But like you said, uh, always trying to spread some positivity and enjoy life, man. So uh, doing my normal stuff. Yeah, especially we're recording this on Wednesday and... You know, we need this positivity right now, but we're going to stick to fighting. But by, by, by the way, I, and I'm sure you've probably addressed this before at some point. So excuse me for being redundant. But every time I've done an interview with you, Casey, whether it's for this website or any other website, the comments are flooded with, hey, it's TJ Dillashaw's little brother, or TJ Dillashaw Jr. For, and from a guy that gets like Dana White's little brother and Dana White Jr. Do you get that a lot? The Dillashaw comparison? Yeah, the message is the... You know the the normal casual comments that you see. Uh, I've even been tagged in a couple like uh, Dillashaw and Yawn have a baby type thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll take it all. I'll take it all. Uh, but I, I always tell all my teammates that uh, I'm gonna have to kick Dillashaw's ass eventually. You know, kind of switch that around. So he could be like Casey Kenny Jr. Right. Exactly. I love it, man. So you got yourself a, a nice early holiday gift, Dominic Cruz. I, I have to tell you, man, this one came out of left field, but I absolutely love the matchmaking. I'm sure you do as well. But coming out of the Fight Island trip and getting the two wins over there, big 2020 for you. How did you react to finding out that your next fight would be against freaking Dominic Cruz? Uh, it was amazing, man. You know, uh, it was a little longer than I wanted to wait, but for a fight like that, I'll wait as long as you want me to, you know, um, I was actually, I thought I was going to be back December 12th. Um, I actually signed a contract to fight and, uh, opponent backed out and then they hit me with Dominic Cruz and I'm like, let's do it. Who are you supposed to fight on December 12th? If you don't mind me asking, uh, Song Dong. Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, I guess verbally agreed, but when it came time to put pen to paper, he had some second thoughts. So, uh, but that's okay. I'm I'm glad where where I ended up, and uh, you know the Dominic Cruz fight was offered shortly after, and I'm like, let's do it. Uh, I'm ready. It's funny because w- when this fight was announced, I had like a little theory about it, and it was that my immediate thoughts were Casey or your manager Jason House have been all over the matchmakers to try to get you another fight uh, coming off fight island, like get you another card. Just yep. constant messages like Casey wants to fight, Casey wants to fight. And because of that, Sean or Mick just said, you know what? Stop bothering me. We know Casey wants to fight. How about we give him Dominic Cruz? Will you stop bothering me then? And I mean, obviously I'm mostly joking, but that's, that's kind of a theory of mine that, that I had coming out of that fight. Yeah. You know, closed mouths don't get fed. And, and, (laughs) uh, 
you know, I, I was ready to fight. I, I, I signed my part and, uh, you know, I would have been back one more number five for the year, but that's all right. Uh, when it came time to getting back into camp and stuff, I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe a few months wouldn't hurt here to kind of heal up and uh, recover. Yeah. I mean, 2020, it didn't start great for you. You, you lost the fight to Marab, but I mean, you went on to win the three straight and it ended great. Losing sucks, but I feel like that loss, I, I don't want to say it was like the best thing to happen to you, but I feel like the timing of it, it was, it was a like great timing. You know what I mean? Like it helps put things in perspective, like so early in the year, maybe like, is that somewhat accurate? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I've been a competitor my whole life and some of my greatest runs I've had in other sports have been off of a loss where you know, mentally, I changed a few things. Uh, you know, physically, I got bigger after that. You know, the Marab thing was kind of an eye-opener on that one. And, uh, you know, how you respond after a loss is what a true champion does. And, you know, that's I've been doing that my whole life. And, uh, you know, happy with the way I responded. And, uh, you know, no stopping now. We spoke right before your fight with Nathaniel Wood. You were on Fight Island, and you guys put on a show at UFC 254. Is the fight like everyone had hoped to see when when the fight was announced? What a gritty, hard-fought battle that was. It, was! it was the fight of the night on one of the biggest cards of the year. You get it done, but I mean, you get the win and the bonus. But you probably learned so much in that fight. What were those 15 minutes like for you, man? Uh, it was great. It was a fight that I've been wanting for a long time. You know, as uh, as sick as it sounds, you know, those are the fights that. You know, I've dre I've dreamt of being in you know a, t a tough fight uh, where the dudes you know not backing down for the whole 15 minutes and you know uh, guys like Alatang he didn't back down but he wasn't really hitting me with anything you know Wood was you know right in the mix and uh, you know I still felt like my shots were bigger than his but he was not backing down he was throwing he was connecting the whole time so uh, it, it was an amazing fight man you know and <clears throat> like you said the the I don't know exactly couldn't put words on it uh what i learned from that fight but you know i, I gained a lot and improved a lot and you know especially the confidence you know uh, I, I guess that would be the the biggest thing that i can throw down for 15 minutes you know anytime you want it's the fight you wanted it's the fight like you've been dreaming of a, a battle of attrition like that is it one of those things where like okay i've done it now i don't need to do that anymore right uh <laughs> You know, I always knew I could I could uh, be in a fight like that, but now I've done it, and now I'm I'm looking to get in there. Well, I, you know, I was trying to put Wood away the, the entire time. Right. You know, he just happened to stick around. But uh, you know, hopefully, I go in there and you know I, I put Dom away in a round or two, and um, I don't have to slug it out for 15 minutes. Like when you look back on your career in I don't know, like 25 years from now, do you think that that fight with Nathaniel in the like the book of Casey Kenny, that fight alone is gonna like have its own chapter? Because I feel like when you share something like that with another competitor, it's just one of those things that's just that's never gonna leave your mind, you know? Right. Um, you know, most of my fights, I got. <clears throat> I think this that was my 19th professional fight, and I could, you know, I got a pretty pretty uh, good image in my head of each and every one of them that I've been in. Um, so, but that one, especially, you know, that that's going to go down in the, the record books, you know, um, wasn't fight of the year candidate, but, uh, I think it was pretty close. Is that like, is that your favorite fight of your career? Um, uh, man, the last two were pretty good, but <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, it's my, you know, that, that's my favorite in its own way. You know, I got some other ones that I got some, you know, my, my knee knockout one is a pretty, uh, pretty good one in there, but you know, for different reasons. So, uh, the Nathaniel one definitely goes down as like, you know, one of those wars that we'll, we'll put, uh, put in there forever. 
So let's talk about this next fight against Dominic Cruz. He returned after a lengthy layoff in May, got finished by Henry Cejudo at UFC 249. And I know a lot of people questioned the stoppage in that fight. Dominic certainly did. He had a lot to say about the referee, but uh, what did you think of the stoppage? Uh, man, I, I get both point of views, you know, but when you get dropped and you take, I don't even know how many, I think it was five to 10 unanswered shots. You know, he was trying to get back up, but he wasn't defending himself. You know, he never put his hand up to defend himself, which I feel like is what a ref looks for, you know, when someone's swinging on you. So, uh, but I get his argument as well, you know, but, um, I'm going to leave that one to the, to the referee, you know, I'm going to leave that one to the referee, but I, I think it was a decent stoppage, you know? Um, I, but I get Dom's point, you know, as a fighter, we want to stay in there until we're unconscious, but, uh, you know, decent stoppage. All right. Fair enough. I mean, you're, you're a guy that's always trading. You're always working. And yeah. especially in the, in these times, in case that phone were to ring and something pops up, you want to be ready. But have you, have you started like a quote unquote, actual training camp for this fight yet yeah uh, you know the main thing that i'm working on this camp is uh, my booze intake and my cigarette intake you know here dom <laughs> dom has a, <laughs> a kryptonite for booze and cigarettes so uh that's the first thing i'm going to start off with in camp and then we'll <laughs> and then we'll worry about the technique and the cardio and all that good stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that is freaking hilarious so how is no, the intake? You're building up. You're building up that tolerance. <laughs> building up that tolerance, right? Um, you know, I come from small town Indiana. We're the king of booze and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real. Um, yeah, camp started. Started. You know, it's it's up and going. Like I said, I'm always training. Right now, <clears throat> I think I was nine weeks out last Saturday. I'm kind of just waiting to turn turn the notch on camp you know got still got some time and uh over the years i realized when i have this much time i need to kind of just keep training the way i'm training and then in a, you know when it gets a little bit closer you know i'll turn it up a little bit what is i mean i know you're going to be turning it up soon but like what do you think like the preparation is going to be like like i know fighters focus on themselves and improving what yeah. they're going to do but you know dominic's kind of a different cat with the footwork and the angles and the different things he brings to the table like do you approach this fight any differently than others in the past or is it mostly the same it's pretty much the same you know i'm each and every person i you know i, I look at how they move and we're going to try to get similar looks or as close of a look as we can get to that person but in reality, you're never going to mimic, you know, especially a guy like Dominic, Dominic you're never going to completely mim mimic him. Um, you know, you can get some decent good looks to give you an idea. But the main thing is keeping what I have sharp, you know, making my improvements and, you know, uh, the way I fight and, you know, my IQ, I can, you know, make adjustments in there. <clears throat> and I'm always ready for anything. There's nothing Dom, you know, it's going to do that I haven't seen before. You know, he's got two hands, two legs, you know, maybe a little bit different movement, but you know, he's not going to have any third arm coming out and hitting me or anything like that. So I'll be ready for it. Um, but you know, obviously uh, the level we're at, if I get a couple guys to try to move like him, gives me, you know, a slight idea of how it's going to be. What about like from a mental perspective? Cause I'm sure like Dominic's a guy you watched coming up as a fan and, and getting into the sport. And he's definitely the biggest name you've been paired up with. And sometimes, and you, I'm sure you've seen it watching the sport, like the respect one has for a legendary competitor and a former champion. Like it does play a factor once you're in there, like the moment becomes like so surreal that it can throw fighters off. And 
you know, is that something that you think about? Like, do you have like ways to ignore that noise and try to focus on getting your hand raised? Like, it just seems like such a strange thing. And most fighters like, oh, I don't even think about that. But then once you're in there, it's like, Ooh, this is a, uh, this is a little yeah, different. That's a real moment. Um, <clears throat> I think one of my best, you know, attributes is my ability to compete. And that's gonna, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be myself no matter who's in front of me. Um, you know, and I prove that time and time again with, you know, showing up to all my title fights, uh, you know, the contender series, my UFC debut, all the above when, when the, the moment's big, you know, I rise to the occasion and, you know, I don't see it going any other way with Dom. Um, you know, this is what I got into this sport for is to fight guys exactly like him. And, uh, you know, in moments exactly like the one I had on fight Island. So, uh, I, I don't see it being any different. What about this fight? excite you the most like is it the opportunity is it is it fighting a guy like dom is it the, the the chess match like where it could take you like it seems like such a cliche question but there's obviously a lot at play here when you fight a guy like that like what excites you the most about this fight i think it's going to put me in a position where you know where i want to be in the ufc uh obviously jumping into the top five top ten chasing a belt you know that's the ultimate goal and, you know, Dom just happens to be the next guy in the way. And uh, it's a great guy to be in the way. You know, his last fight was for the belt. I think it's, um, you know, he only has a few fights left in his career, you know, as far as, uh, you know, he's not going to have many more opponents than, you know, after me. Um, so I'm <clears throat> grateful to have that, you know, that shot. Um, but really, whoever they put in front of me is is going to get taken out or, you know, the next uh, the next target. Um you know, maybe uh, Aldo or Edgar will be next. I wouldn't mind going on a legend tour. There you go. It, yeah, it's funny because when this fight was announced, that seems to be like the consensus. Like if you beat Dominic Cruz at UFC 259, like this could be yeah. it for him. Like he's on the broadcast team. He's got different projects he's working on. Like do, have you allowed yourself to to even think about that? Like I could be the last guy that Dominic Cruz ever fights. Like I could right. be the one that potentially, I guess, retires the, the guy. Is that like too dangerous of a thing to think about? <clears throat> Um, you know, I don't want to think about that too, too much. You know, obviously that's out there. You, you can hear people talk about it, but you know, I don't want to ever count anybody out. And when I say he's only got a handful of fights, you know, <clears throat> that could be anywhere from one to five more fights, but you know, Dominic Cruz isn't going to have 10, 20 more fights. You know, he doesn't have 10 years left in the game type of thing. Uh, as far as like this being his last fight, uh, who knows, you know, I'm never going to count the guy out, um, no matter what happens on, the, on March 6th, but uh, I know it's probably going to be one of his last few. That's for sure. So how do we get this thing done? Massive opportunity awaits you. You're going to go in there and have some fun with the former champion. How does this thing play out on March 6th? I'm due for a finish. I'm due for a finish. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to touch his chin just like I've touched everybody else's and, uh, we'll see if it holds up. And then, uh, if you know, he wants to grapple, let's see if, uh, maybe I'll be the first guy ever to submit Dominic Cruz. It's, it's funny, like talking about this. Cause I, I remember like some of our like early conversations, like when you first got into the UFC and, and you've always been like, you've always been like a next man up kind of a guy, but in every conversation we've had, like you've always like threw a name out there and like shot for the stars, like you, like Faber and Edgar, I remember you calling out and Aldo was another guy, like all these interview calls. But if you beat Dominic, like these matchups that, that you've been calling for, for a while, like they could be there for you. Like with right. that said, do you have like lofty goals for 2021? Like, is there something in place in your mind that says, you know what, this year kicks ass for me if this and this happens? Yeah. I mean, step one, taking out Dominic, uh, 
it's early in the year. I like to fight a lot. I'm trying to get, you know, three, four fights in this year. And uh, obviously, the, the more I work up, I may have to wait a little bit longer to get, you know, the matchup that they want me to have. But uh, definitely two or three in this year. And I think two or three in this year. And I think, uh, you know, I'm going to be right in there for, you know, title talk or one or two, one or two away. You know, I, I put Dom away and I finished two more people this year. I got to be right up there. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, when this fight was announced, like I said, it was, it was an eye opener, but I was like, Ooh, this is really good. But I know I don't speak for myself. Definitely looking forward to this one, man, against one of the greatest ever foot and ste step inside the cage. March 6th, UFC 259. Casey Kenny takes on Dominic Cruz. Appreciate the time as always, man. We need this positivity in 2021. All the best to you and happy new year, man. Hey, happy new year, man. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, I'm sure I'll be speaking to you sometime soon. All right. Take it easy on the booze and the cigarettes though. Yeah, you know, uh, I had my fill today. I just got, had a few after sparring, but uh, we're going to call it quits. <laughs> the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Casey Kenny, ladies and gentlemen, I love, love that fight between he and Dominic Cruz. It was a little out of left field when it was reported and when we confirmed it, but the more I thought about it and the more I think about it now, that is a super interesting fight that makes all the sense in the world, considering where both of these gentlemen are at in their careers. We'll see what happens on March 6th. That card is bananas. UFC 259. It's really, really good. And that's a a nice little appetizer for the three title fights beyond a shadow of a doubt. Speaking of crazy, Tristan Connolly's 2020 was crazy. His 2019 was also crazy, but his 2020 was crazy for totally different reasons. And that is probably an understatement. So let us get an update from the man who delivered the upset of the year in 2019 when he defeated Michelle Pajeda, making his what the heck debut. Here he is, the boondock himself, Tristan Connolly. All right, so I've had a lot of people reach out to me recently that have asked me where our next guest has been, when is he fighting again, and I figured, why, you know, let's just bring him on and, and talk to him all about it. It's been well over a year since he made a big splash in his UFC debut against Michel Bejeda. Let's check in with Tristan Connolly. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. So a lot to catch up on. First off, it's a new year. We're still dealing with this pandemic, and where I'm at, it's actually gotten way worse. Yeah. Than it has since March. How has everything been going up north? Ah, say, I mean, better than down there, but it's you know getting worse as well. You know, everything. It's uh, you know, hopefully this is just the the last bit of it before it ends, because you know, I we Mount Worge, everything's shut down now. Like we're all the, like, luckily being a professional athlete, I'm allowed to create a, a small training bubble with me, but like we can't. We can't have classes if like they come by and like I and I'm training with anyone that's not another professional or, or another 
uh, recognized athlete, then we'll get in trouble. And so it's like, it's, it's hard for everyone up here, man. Like everyone's on lockdown. There's nothing to do. Gyms are closed. Um, there's no, everyone's starting to go crazy. So, I mean, it, it's kind of, I mean, you know, down, down for you guys, it's like people are sort of doing things, but it's, you know, what, what's better. I don't know. Like for me, I'd rather do stuff, but it's, it's crazy watching everything happen. Yeah. It's just wild, man. Um, yeah, man. In terms of like your fighting career, like we said, the last time we saw you fight was September of 2019, that short notice win. And I know you're supposed to fight in April on that card yeah. in Portland, I believe, before everything got officially shut down and the event started getting canceled. You were actually out in, in Las Vegas when, when yeah. all this was going on, weren't you? I was. I was. I was three weeks out of that card when it happened. Um, and, uh, I, I, and, you know, everyone, as we were, we were there, all the sports were getting shut down. Uh, me and Cole Smith were there. We were, we were chaining, we were getting ready and other people were leaving town. Like everyone else was like, you know, it's time to go. And we we're like, we're not leaving. We're not, I'm staying. Like, so I was planning on going home and then coming back. I'm like, well, I'm just going to stay in the States till I fight now. And so I'm already here. We're all good. I was, so literally they came in while I was in the sauna at the PI and they're like, they told us, and they're like, no, we're still open. We're still going. And we're in the sauna an hour later. They came in, they're like, yeah, this is the last day. You got to leave after this. We're closed. <laughs> we're like, well, and the gyms are all like, yeah, we're closed. And we're like, okay. And they're like, you better get back to Canada because they're going to close the borders. And we're like, oh, okay. So then I came home. And then that actually started a cascade of things that I am just sort of getting on top of now. Um, I ended up getting neck surgery. Um, and that was actually from an injury that was before from a car accident. Uh, actually two years ago now, it was in January of 2019. So, um, the, I, I think the only thing keeping me going was the fact that I never really stopped. Like after the car accident, uh, you know, the next day I started getting pain down my arm, my fingers started going numb. Um, but the, I, I was so fit and strong and I just, I, I didn't stop sparring and doing stuff, but I just kept lifting weights and kept rehabbing about a month, two months. I was felt back to more or less a hundred percent. And the doctor assumed it was just a muscle spasm. Like my fingers always still stayed numb. I had little flare ups. So, and, uh, sorry about that. There he is. It's all good. Can you see me? Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, perfect. Uh, sorry. Someone tried to call me there. Um, but yeah, so I, I, he had little flares. We just thought it was like a muscle thing that was pushing on the nerve because I was able to do so much and it see like training made it better. So I just carried on. Then, you know, flash forward to be getting ready to fight. Felt great. Three weeks before, come home and then everything's in lockdown. So there's no training. I'm, all I'm doing is sitting around, stretching, doing push-ups, and be going for runs. And oh, two months in over a course of about five days, the pain started getting worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where it was like 10,000% of the normal pain. It felt like my arm was being held in a fire while being electrocuted. I couldn't hold my head up for more than two seconds. My my wife, who was eight months pregnant, I was yelling at her to get a towel and put it under my head and just pulling it because neck traction was the only thing giving me any relief. Uh, the doctors kept upping my meds, upping my meds. Nothing was doing anything. I, I didn't sleep for two weeks straight. I just lay in bed in agony going and like just like laying on the ground, pulling my head, putting my head on the ground. Uh, and then I, I finally, they ordered an MRI and got an MRI and the doctors freaked out. They're like, Oh my God, like I have three severely herniated discs. One that's just like, they're like, I it's like, are you falling over? Are you pissing your pants? Like this pushing on your spinal cord. Like how am I? No, I'm just, my arms on fire. And my fingers were totally numb at this point. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't hold my, I, my head to be like this. I'd hold it up for 30 seconds and be too weak, would fall down. I'd have to hold my head up like this. And 
I, I, I tried desperately to avoid surgery. I did everything I could. I was shadow, like I started being able to shadow box and that was the best thing ever because with nervous stuff, rest is the worst, right? You rest and it just makes it worse. But if you do too much, it makes it worse. So you got to keep moving, but not doing too much. So I found shadow boxing is the best thing. And for three months, I just shadow boxed three hours a day. Every day I go out and that would kind of make me feel better. But as soon as I tried to do any like resistance type training, it would just get really pissed off. And there was no strength. Like I could, like I couldn't do a push up. I couldn't do anything. And finally, uh, I talked to the surgeon, uh, uh, Dr. Sano to Victoria. I have to give him a shout out because he, you know, like in Canada, it's a long way to talk to a neurosurgeon. He, well, he got me in like four days and it was time for surgery. And there's not many, most surgeons in Canada are going to want to do a fusion. Uh, and I even talked to some American doctors and they wanted to do like a two or three level fusion. Um, uh, or, and one, maybe one artificial disc and a two level fusion. And this surgeon was like, look, we're only getting symptoms of one disc. He's like, uh, and I don't want to fuse it with what you do. He's like, I want to put an artificial disc. And so he started doing his research uh, and he found that Chris Weidman had uh, the Prestige LP disc, uh, which is, it's only a two piece disc. Uh, it's only two pieces. There's, there's not many moving parts. It's a ball and socket. So, you know, there's other discs out there. And he, he went with that one because it's the simplest disc as far as there's nothing to break. It's just, there's, there's a, one piece that's like a, a trough and one that's a ball and they hammer it into your, they like it, they go into your throat, they pull out all the disc and then they hammer the new disc in. And then there's little teeth that kind of bite in. And over a course of uh, a year, really, but they said three months is really the, the most important. The, the bone just sort of ossifies or heals around that disc and just comes connected. And then there's just this two titanium, like titanium trank tack or trank tack titanium pieces that just slide around. There's nothing to break. So I actually, uh, I reached out to Chris too. And he said, man, I think I've had like 25 surgeries or something. This is the most scary surgery. And it was the best surgery I ever had. Like, you're going to feel great. Like you wake up, you feel awesome. And, and he was right. Like I woke up and my pain was gone. The only thing I had left was my fingers. They gave me pain, like painkillers. Cause they cut your throat open and go through. But like pain in the throat is nothing compared to nervous pain. Like, I mean, I, I deal with pain well, and I was in agony. I've never been in such pain in my life. Uh, and then I had to wait uh, three months. So I went down to actually to Vegas for a month and started my rehab. And uh, that was going well. The strength, you know, it's it's still coming back. I'm probably about 75% strength right now. Um, but I've been cleared about a month and a half to start contact training. So I've just been sparring, rolling, grappling, feeling good. The cardio has still got, you know, a little ways to go. I feel like I'm out. I'm almost like I, I'm my cardio is fine compared to other fighters, but I'm a cardio fighter. Usually like I will crush other guys in cardio. So I feel like I'm about 50% there. Give me another month and a half and I'll probably be good to go jump right into a short notice camp. Like I don't need an eight week camp particularly or even eight or 10 or 12 week camp. I want to get to a point where it's okay. I can, I can fight in four weeks. I've been, my diet has been awesome. I am lighter than I'm leaner than I've ever been. Uh, everything else is on point and I was doing I, a lot of technical stuff whenever I could do technical stuff. So I feel like I've leveled everything up. Um, now it's just getting back into shape. Uh, my timing start is feeling good now. I my grappling. I feel like, I feel like my grappling improved and my striking improved just shadow boxing and doing and watching videos and stuff because I, I couldn't train. So I was really focused on the mental side of everything. And then I, I feel now like I'm going to be a nutrition coming in here in 2021. Man, what a gnarly story. That is that's crazy, man. That surgery is is something else. I mean, 
luckily like Chris got back to you and did, did, mm-hmm. did, did conversing with him and him saying what he said about the surgery being the best thing for him. That sort of like ease, ease oh, things a little bit for you. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know, n- n- neurosurgery is never something you want to do. <laughs> right. And I, I did try, like, I probably, I could have gotten the surgery right away. Maybe been three months ahead, but I, I talked to the surgeon right away and he's like, I'm like, well, you know, I, I talked to him two weeks after this episode and I'm like, you know, I, I am improving. It's just slow. And like, I mean, he's like, well, I don't want to just cut you open right now. He's like, let's, let's see in a couple of, like try for like a couple months and see what happens. And, and my pain was getting better, but is the pain because I, you know, I, I was doing stuff, I was moving, but this, the weakness started becoming more apparent. Initially when he asked about weakness, it's like weakness, what are you talking about? Like, I can't even, I'm just in agony. And then as that started to clear, it became more and more obvious that, uh, the neurological line. So like, it was like my rotator cuff, my tricep, my, my forearm extender and like up my pec, like, I, like a dip. I couldn't even hold myself up a push up. I couldn't even pull myself up. Even after the surgery, I went to the PI, they wanted me to do like a, a angle push up. And I like started like twisting on the other arm. Like, no, okay, no, not doing that. Um, and so now I'm at a point where I can do like 25 push ups again, where before this, you could probably do 45 push ups. So it's, it's coming, it's getting there. And, uh, and I don't notice it when I'm actually like, fighting. I don't notice it all. Like, I mean, the strength in fighting is little, fighting is more than just one thing, right? You're able to compensate. So I feel great when I'm fighting. It's when I do those, like when I work with my, my strength coach, we see, okay, yeah, that it's still not quite as strong as the other arm, but it, it you know, every week better and better and better. And, and that's the totally about, about six months, probably. I should be probably pretty much back to 100%. So I'm about five months now, so I'm, I'm almost there. I'm obviously not a doctor, and I don't even know <laughs> if, like, the doctors that, that you spoke with can even answer this question, but were you fighting the whole time with these injuries, or was this something that sort of built up along the way? Um, well, my what I think and what the doctors seem to, to go along with, obviously – um, you know, like we didn't have imaging before, but, uh, you know, I never had neck problems. I know that the car accident caused a lot of issues because my head snapped forward and the airbag went off and I held myself and it snapped forward. And the next day started, it was all tight after and the next day started getting it. So I know that caused a lot of the damage, but we know that with these things that, uh, movement is king, right? So like when any kind of injury, uh, rest is only good for a short amount of time. Uh, and then after that, you got to get things moving. You got to stimulate the body, you got to stress it, and that will make it adapt to the new situation. Um, so I just kept going, and then that so that that kind of kept kept me all right. Like I had like little things where I might get a little bit of pain, but if we're talking percentages, like say it was a hundred percent after the car accident, it went down to ten percent. It might go up to twenty, and back down to ten, with not very alarming. But then when I went up to ten thousand percent, you know, it was there was nothing I could do. It was I didn't think about anything else. Um, you know, I was in agony for the birth of my daughter, and like, you know, obviously it was awesome. But we went into the hospital, and they're like, I had like a ten pound dumbbell, resistance bands, and I'm like, they're like, are you moving in? What's going on? I'm like, I, just, I have to do. I can't just sit here. I have to do this. Like, if I stop moving, I'll just die. Like, I had a neck hammock in the hospital. They come in, and I'm like check on her and I got a neck hammock going to <laughs> my head like but uh, you know I did the best I could and you know I I feel great now <laughs> yeah man how are you uh enjoying fatherhood so far oh it's amazing uh, you know everyone everyone tells you it's gonna be you know, how awesome it is but you, you just it's just nothing else in life like it you know 
as soon as you hold that little baby, it's just, you know, you love them more than anything else and everything else melts away. You know, as much as this year has been horrible with everything, it's actually been a great year because of her. Like, like she is, the, the positivity of her is better than all the negativity of everything else. Obviously, I'm not happy to go to any of the other stuff, but um, it's really been something that's kept me going. A good sleeper? No, not at all. I just haven't <laughs> slept in like, uh, um, you know, six months. <laughs> Other than when I was, I went, I went to Vegas for months to do rehab. That was the best sleep I got. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go, there you go. Have you have you like noticed a change in yourself? Because like I, I know that's kind of like a cliche question that 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 reporters ask fighters when when they become parents and stuff. Like, have you noticed like a change within yourself? Like, I know you're dealing with a lot of other stuff, but have you? You've always been a pretty focused guy. I don't see a lot of like yeah, change. No, no, I'm I, I'm pretty much know what I what I'm after. No, I, there wasn't really any change in that way. You know, more motivated for sure. Um, but I was always pretty motivated. So I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go past a hundred percent. It just, you know, you'll reaffirm that, you know, reignite. I mean, not the fire's ever gone, but just one more thing, right? Like, it just, I, I'm super excited to keep fighting here. You know, I, I just turned 35. I was late to the party. I, my first fight wasn't until I was 25. And I, so I, you know, I was behind to start. So I'm here now. I've got at least five years left, I think. I was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer in life. Like, even, even when I was a kid, I was like, I looked like I was 12 when I was 18. So, uh, when I was 25, I started fighting. I looked like I was probably 16 at that point. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm 35, but I, I'm outworking all the 28-year-olds. I'm 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 fitter. I, I I have less miles on me. You know, I I feel great. I don't have any like other than the neck. That was that was the first real bad injury I've ever had. And it wasn't even from fighting. <laughs> it's so, so wild. I know. I'm like, I've never, I mean, knock on wood, I've never had anything bad happen fighting. I've bumps and bruises. You know, I've I've had, I've had a, my knee scoped a couple times, but I don't even know if that was, that, I mean, it was some skateboarding years ago. It was a long time since that happened. Other than that, like, I've, man, I'm gerbil and tough. I, I, I kind of joke. It's like, you know, it takes a car, you know, a car accident at highway speeds to, to slow me down. And even that, you know, it only only brought me to my knees and I'm right back up again. Was there, was, was there any talk about your fight career being in jeopardy at all? Like, even if you got like the, the, the other surgery, would there uh, been any uh, issue of coming back? Well, the, uh, so when I talked to the UFC doctor, they said, you know, if you get a three level, then yeah, a lot of commissions won't let you fight. Um, two level, you know, maybe uh, I, but in my head, that was now. I was like, well, then I'm not getting that. Like, I won't get the thing that, like, I'll just go through the pain and fight through the pain. That's how it'll go. Like, I, I won't make the choice that tells me I have to stop fighting. Um, and, you know, I talked to, <laughs> I talked to one, one, one guy from New York and he was like, saw my MRI. I was like, you're going to go paralyzed if you fight again. If you get choked or hit, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why has no one else said that to me? Like my team of physiotherapists, chiropractors, doctors, even the other neurosurgeon I talked to, like, why are they not worried about that? So I, I started doing some research. I'm like, okay, well, clearly if he's worried about it, it must have happened before. Right? In the world of fighting, that's never happened. Okay, okay. fighting small. Well, let's look at other sports. Paralysis in the sport. No shortage of paralysis in the sport. Guess what? A herniated disc can't find a single example of it ever happening. Even, okay. In the entire history of the internet, let's look for an example of what happened. Can't find a single one. All I can find is anecdotal evidence that says in extreme rare situations, a herniated disc could potentially cause paralysis, though very unlikely. And even talking to my 
uh, my uh, you know physiotherapists and chiropractors they're like uh, in school we talk about it and even like you know like we've never seen or heard of this happening but theoretically apparently it can happen so I'm like okay well that's not really a concern then and then you look at what causes paralysis it's when someone's head gets spiked in the ground and it breaks either breaks the vertebrae clean in half or the discs completely slides in half and separates it so it's like that well you know, there's always a risk of that. I mean, my neck could be perfectly healthy, and if that ha- like, if that's a situational where it doesn't matter what the state of my neck is, that's going to paralyze you or kill you. So I was like, well, I'm not going to listen to the guy that's – I think you're just trying to instill fear in me and try to get me to get surgery from him because you wanted to do, like, a year and a half of stem cell shots with an artificial disc and a fusion and all this stuff. I'm like, mm, uh, I don't know about, I don't know about that. <laughs> Jeez. So they like just you basically talked to a bunch of different doctors and they all had like different pitches, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then the surgeon that I talked to actually, I had a, a bit of a rapport with him. I had a, a lower back issue about ten years ago. I had sciatica, bad sciatica, and some bulging discs. And um, the the surgeon actually works out of my friend uh, Jamie Grimes' office, Synergy in Victoria. And um, he's a good friend of mine. He's been raving about this guy for years. He's like, you know, he's the rock star surgeon. He's a superstar. And, uh, I'm like, Jamie's your buddy. You're just, you know, you know, you know, I figured like he's probably lots of surgeons like him, but then of course I needed neck surgery. And I'm like, well, I'll, let's talk to this guy. And I know he did the artificial discs, which are, are, are rarer. But since then, I've actually talked to Medtronic, the company that makes the discs. And I'm, uh, you know, they're, they're super excited about uh, me, like me having the disc in, the, in my neck and following me. Uh, and I've talked to them a lot. And they said, yeah, that doctor's son, he's like, he's known for being one of the rock star surgeons in Canada. He does the surgeries that no other people won't do. I actually talked to going into the surgery. So uh, another thing that sort of suggests that this was there for a while is when the surgeon went in, the disc had actually fused to the nerve. And most surgeons, apparently a lot of them, when they see that, they just pull out and they're inoperable because what he had to do is he had to take an extra two hours and slowly cut it off the nerve, which is super dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. But when I woke up from the surgery, he would be, oh, you know, it took me a couple extra hours, you know, you know, it's fused on there, but I got it off, no problem, and we got that in there. He, like, it was just another day, you know, no big deal. And I'm like, okay, and then I, after I'm talking to other doctors, they're like, you know, that's, that's pretty fucked up. Like, most surgeons won't even touch you when it's like that. And he even said, he's like, it was way worse than the MRI showed when I went in there. Sometimes the MRI doesn't really do it justice. It's like, it was really messed up. He's like, you definitely needed the surgery. Uh, so I was actually waiting to get an epidural first, that epidural in the neck, which is only is very specialized. Uh, there's only a few doctors uh, around that do it because it's you need uh, a, C, like a live CT machine or a live x-ray machine. It's super expensive, and they have to inject you with all these dyes and, and everything. And it, it's supposed to ninety percent of people apparently it, it helps, um, but when he said when he went in because of that he's like it wouldn't have done anything and he's like not that it necessarily would have been bad he's like but it's just there's a risk with it he's like so it has been an extra risk that you didn't need to take and you would have needed the surgery anyway. Jeez, you I mean you probably know more about next than anybody in the UFC <laughs> <know>. right now. <laughs> I do. Well, I said that so Medtronic actually sent me little models of uh of the discs in my neck the guy's like oh i want to send you them so i have like the surgeon models of like uh, <laughs> should we go get it the, uh, the the actual disc so i can show people like uh and uh, i'm always i've been always a science guy and i always research everything i i i always say you know what i've i've either seen a lot of things hurt or you know i've injured most things and i research everything about it so as far as sports injuries go 
I'm pretty well versed in in most of the things that can go wrong. In most of the, uh, you know, not necessarily all. It's like the the paths of treatment. I don't necessarily know how to do the treatment or anything, but like I can tell you where you probably need to go see uh, and different options and what you should sort of think about and go research yourself. Like I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable on that kind of stuff. What do you think this whole situation and the layoff and everything, what do you think it's like taught you the most? Um, it's a good question. I, you know, what it's taught me the most that I, I'm doing the right thing. I'm in, in the right career because all I've thought about is getting back to it. And there was, you know, people like, well, you know, a lot of people like this, you know, retire, like retire. What, what are you talking about? Like the first thing I called Jason House, my manager, I said, when I tell him about it, I'm like, first thing, before I tell you any of this, retirement is not even a word that I know. Like, so, cause I didn't want him to go and talk my neck and have him, oh, you're like, nope, like just, just end that one right away. And then I told him about the situation, said, hey, it's going to be a bit. I got it. We're going to have to chase this thing, get it dealt with. But then once it's done, I want to hit the ground running. Like, I, I want to fight five times this year if I can. Like, I I plan on we're just I, I'm actually just just finishing up the renos in my gym. They sent me a picture yesterday. It's just uh, all I've been doing. So that's another thing I've been working on since all these lockdowns is we've been moving our we were planning a reno and moving our gym. So I've just been putting way more effort into that. I've been there like 10, I've been doing my training and then 10, you know, eight hours, 10 hours a day, just there doing stuff. And it's like yesterday I put the last paint on. Now it's, it's literally branding stuff up and decorating like the gyms, we can train in it now. So I can get that. Uh, I got to get a new payment system set up for everyone. And then after that, I brought actually super excited. Uh, I've teamed up with Dennis Kang, who's, you know, a Canadian MMA icon. Yeah. He's now kind of coming in as our, our head MMA and jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, and so take off the load off my shoulders. Like I'm getting it set up so I can just fight and train. I can take off, go to Vegas when I want, and he's going to keep everything running. When I come back, I have top knocks training and his guys are great merging with our guys. Now they're like, there's no one in the lower mainland. It's even a hold a, hold a candle to us at this point, because like, we are pretty much the best. We're, I mean, we're the best two teams around, and now we've just merged. So, really looking forward to that partnership. The super, a super team in Canada. Holy yeah. moly. We're, we're, we're looking to be, you know, for us on the West Coast. That's our goal, you know? There you go. So, Perfect World, April, May, first one, or April. even sooner than that? Even potentially March, uh, you know, I, I plan on as soon as I get this done, I mean, my wife, uh, just getting the place ready, our place ready to list and sell as we need to move with the babies, need more space. So um, what the plan is now, the gym's pretty much done next week. We're going to be cleaning the place up, getting it ready to list. Uh, once that's done, um, I, I put most of my stuff in storage. So that way, like there's no clutter for me uh, and I'm just going to head down to Vegas and I'm just going to stay training there i think you know give me give me a month there training uh just sure fight camp and then and if they offer me a fight within like eight to ten weeks there i would take it but after that month i'll be if i feel good everything's going well no surprises which i don't don't suspect any uh i'll just be like hey four weeks let me know like i'm ready i'm here uh you you booked me a fight i'm just gonna stay here until i fight like i don't want to leave until i fight so uh then i'll come home and, you know, provided I'm healthy, I'll be like, you know, give me another one. I, I'm just, I'm going to stay near weight. I, I've 
gotten over, you know, had the binge eating thing after. I just, I, I don't want to run weight loss camps. Like usually I walk around like 185, 190, just standard. Right now I'm, you know, probably 9% body fat walking around at 175. Like, and once a week I, I get down to about 170, 169, uh, just to see that I can do it. Cause I, I just want that easy cut to 55 and then right back up to 175 easy. And that's, I, I typically have blown back up to 180, 185 when I fight and it's too much. You get like, you know, like that it's hard for your body when you've been going so low and you're, you're trying to stay low for a while. And then you, you, blow up and it's like well your body's carrying this weight that's not used to anymore so i want to i want to kind of stay in that 170 175 range so i can fight there where i i, I feel like i'm good i'm strong there i if i get bigger than that like it just uh, it that's just slows you down a bit you feel i always feel like when i'm that big i'm huffing and puffing after the fight in ways that i'm usually not so i just want to get my body used to this weight drop down, drop back up and be able to fight over and over and over again. Like I, I, I want to be the, the guy that's just taking all the short notice fights and, and is fighting forever. Like that's the, I mean, like, like I said, I'm 35. I want to get, I want to have a good five years here. I, I want to make up for lost time and uh, you know, I want to make some fans and excite the fans. So you want to be the Kevin Holland of 2021. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I did want to ask you about uh, about Michelle Pajeda because mm-hmm. that 15 minutes he spent with you, I think you changed him, man. Like I he's think still- I did. I, 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 I joke my friends. I'm like, I watch him fight now. But, oh, thank God he didn't fight like that against me. Because like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's looking awesome. Like, I mean, I could be at people. People I say, oh, this clown, he's fighting. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. First of all, he, I just showed up. He did most of the work for me, right? He was the one flipping and jumping and making it exciting. I just didn't go down. Like, you know, I, it wasn't actually that hard for me. I just, I was just me and he was him and it. it that's what made it so exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I've seen him a bunch of times. I saw him in Vegas. It was pretty funny. And he came in with uh, Johnny Walker and me and Johnny Walker's are buddies. We were hanging out uh, last time I was in Vegas before we were hanging out a bunch. And so he walks in and, and everyone's in like the hot tub and they're like, oh, he thinks like, oh, what's he going to have? And he, so he, he doesn't really speak English. So he talks to Johnny like, hey, you know, it says to Johnny and Johnny says, he said, hey, my friend, I make you rich. And I'm like, oh, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, <laughs> and we said that he, I'm actually looking forward to going back and actually training with him. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure when we train, I'm, it's going to be a very different thing now that he's fought me. He's not going to give me any of the chances to give me that fight. No. Um, but yeah, I written. Hey man, the better I, I want to see him go straight to the top, man. Just the better he does, the better I look. So, hey, I wish all my opponents all the success, uh, unless they fight me again, of course. And with Michelle, he's never getting that one back because I'm not going back to 170. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got that one forever. It's gonna in that yeah. extra hundred hundred thousand dollars in your bank account doesn't get much better than that, especially with everything no, you've got going on. Yeah, it's really kept me like I I have a very I don't do anything. I don't go out. I don't eat out very often. I, uh, I, you know, I cook my own food. I eat like one to two meals a day, really, because I don't want to gain weight. Um, and I just all real food. So I don't have a very a high cost of living. My biggest expense is really like gas because I drive all over. Um, so that's, you know, it's been really, really helpful over this, this layoff. It's, you know, I've had, I haven't had to worry too much and it's certainly, you know, again, helping my wife be able to afford now to, to move into a, uh, you know, a bit of an upgrade. So we're going to, uh, I plan on 
just keeping going and uh, making way more of those bonuses. Talk about a wild story, geez Louise. But the good news is we could see Tristan Connolly back in the octagon by April, maybe as early as March. But that story of him running into Michelle Pajeda in Vegas with Johnny Walker as sort of the middleman, absolutely hilarious. Great stuff right there from Tristan Connolly as we prepare to put a bow on the first Tuesday edition of What the Heck here on MMAfighting.com. This will be the norm moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, BTL. Between the Links moves to Thursdays. It's going to take some getting used to for all of us, myself included, but in the end, I think this is going to be the best thing for everybody, especially during these fight weeks, and it gives me a little more time to to knock these interviews out as opposed to having to scramble, get them done on Tuesday and Wednesday. I basically have the whole week to knock out interviews now, and I think that's pretty awesome. But uh, a big thank you for sticking with us with all these changes and uh, for checking out the show each and every week. A big thank you to Casey Lydon on the production, Jose Youngs and Alex Savis on the graphics and dealing with me being a pain in the rump, asking for a million favors. They never say no. They never complain. And that means the world, of course. The great Jose Youngs in Abu Dhabi as we speak. So we'll have all of your on-site Fight Island event coverage, weigh-in shows, media days, preview shows, pre-fight show Q&As, post-fight shows, all that and more right here on MMAfighting.com. With that, I wish you a heck of a week, everybody. It is fight week. The UFC is back for the first time in 2021 this Saturday, and we're going to close the show by chatting with one one of the participants on this trip to Fight Island. Right sandwich in the middle of the two Saturday cards, Wednesday, January 20th. One of the bright prospects in the UFC's featherweight division. Back at it. You'll see him compete against Douglas Andrade. We leave you with my chat with the miracle, Lorone Murphy. All right, the UFC is returning to action for three events on Fight Island over an eight-day stretch, and one of those matchups will take place in the featherweight division on Wednesday, January 20th. This man will face Douglas Andrade at UFC Fight Island 8. Let us say hello to Lerone Murphy, who is kind enough to join us while in quarantine. Lerone, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Just just spending this uh, quarantine time good. Um, I just finished my workout and stuff, just chilling and relaxing. There you go. I know you're in London right now, getting ready to head over to Abu Dhabi, where you'll go ahead and quarantine again once you get there. Do you in, kind of enjoy this time? To I, I know you're training as well, but to kind of chill and relax a little bit, or is it kind of rough just sort of being stuck in one spot? Yeah, it's always good to relax because obviously when I'm at home, I've got other things going on. I'm up and down, so it's good to just get in a hotel and just and just relax and do do workouts and sit and chill. I've been playing Call of Duty all day. Like I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So you're a big video gamer? Yeah, I play a lot of um, video games in, in, my, in my downtime. It's, it's a way, like, there's no energy expended. I just relax and chill after training. Don't, uh, don't make fun of me too much. I've never once in my life played any Call of Duty game, even for a second. No way. Do you not play no video games? I'm in, like, I'm... I'm I'm a good chunk older than you. So like mm. my gaming was like Nintendo, like Mike Tyson's yes. punch out to yeah, me yeah, is yeah, like yeah, the greatest yeah. video game of all time, but I know yeah, it has yeah, evolved yeah. so much. What what, mm. what else is good besides Call of Duty? I play a bit of FIFA. Uh, that's it really. Just them two at the minute. Yeah, I could, I, I could play, I could see myself playing FIFA, even though yeah, I get flash probably. FIFA's sick. <laughs> FIFA's but, sick. you know, talking about like quarantine and stuff like th- this has been, 
you know, some road for you to get to where you're at right now. Like I know you've talked about the incident where you were shot in the face twice when you were, when you were younger at a barbershop. I mean, if you can go through that and come on the other side, I'm sure a couple of days in quarantine are like a walk in the park for you. Exactly. I've been through it all. I, I think I've been through it all. I've been through the ups and downs. So this, this is all part of the journey. I'm happy to even get to fight in this climate right now. So this, this little quarantine is nothing to me. Do you, do you think about that day a lot? Like, I know it's helped mold you into the man and the fighter you are today. And I'm sure when something like that happens, you can't just like block it out of your mind. But is that something that you reflect on and, and think about a lot? Yeah, a lot of like, things like that don't leave your mind. Like, it don't matter what's going on in your life. Like, you, you think about you think about them, them things, it comes into your mind. But it also gives me more fire um, in day-to-day life to succeed and, and do better for myself. Yeah, just just such a wild story, huh? But now you're getting prepared for your second trip to Fight Island since joining the UFC. You had that great performance against Ricardo Hamos in July. You put him away in the first round. I mean, to get your first UFC win like that in that incredible fashion, what was that like for you? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like ever since I signed to the UFC, I've just been thinking about getting that first win. Um, I was I fell short in the first fight. I got a draw against Ibero, and then to to go out and get a win against Ramos, another guy that's that's highly touted in the UFC, it was massive for me. Yeah, even like the Zubaira draw, you got a lot of praise from that fight. I mean, you come in on your debut fighting a really tough guy, but did you notice? the buzz that came from the, the Hamos win, like a lot of people were talking about that performance. You got the $50,000. Did you notice like an uptick in your following on social media and stuff after that fight in July? Well, to be honest, I got, I got more of a following from Zizabera. Obviously he's, he's, he's like big in Russia. So that's, that's why, but, um, getting the finish and getting the finish is also always going to boost your stock in this game. You need to go out there and perform and try to finish guys. That's, that's the way you grow in this sport. You even got a shout out from the big boss, Dana White, mm. after the win. I mean, you get a first round finish, a bonus and some love from Dana White. Doesn't get much better than that, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. Obviously, when 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 the big man's watching your fights and and he knows who you are, it's always a good thing. I just want to get onto like the level of people like Kevin Holland and Hamza Chamayev that I just get that I got the real buzz. That's what that's what I'm aiming for, that real buzz. So for me, um the way to get that is to fight more often. That's that's it. Did you use the fifty thousand dollars for for golf lessons? I saw your video. <laughs> you were on the driving range. <laughs> the uh, ball flew you, a little. Your club flew a lot. Uh, Hilarious, man. Have you been swung a club since then? Do you know what? Yeah, listen. I, I took ten good shots, and then I, t- I told my mates to video it. And the one time which I, I, t- I tell him to video it, I tried to put extra power in it, and my hat, the golf club just went flying. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there other uh, people there on the range? Yeah, like the the person that was sat on the desk that must have been seen on the cameras, like come over because we must have thought it was messing about or something. But obviously, it's just it's a genuine accident that like, happens in it. Did you scare some folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's standing back after that one. Uh, that's so funny, man. So if if they allow you to play golf on that course in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna play, are you? Oh man, I'm a danger to everybody, you know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that video is great. Go on uh, Lerone's Instagram and check that out. But uh, mm. let's talk about this fight on January 20th. You're fighting Douglas Andrade, a very experienced guy. He said seven mm. fights in the UFC, but the level of competition that he has faced has been wild, man. Like like yourself, mm. he fought Zubaira. He's also fought the current Bantamweight champion, Piotr Jan. He's fought Cheeto Vera, Rob Font, and now he's back in featherweight. Got a win over Henan Barra. What did you think of the matchup when it was presented to you? 
Uh, I just know I know it's a tough fight. In, uh, I know I know it's a tough fight. He's, he's skilled. He's experienced. I, I know it's a tough fight, but I've already I've already been offered two tough fights before that, and I've t- like do you know what I'm saying. I've been in there. I've been in there with two very high level guys before that. So for me. It just comes with with the UFC. You're gonna fight these guys, um, but from watching him, I've seen that he, he stand he stands up a lot and he's, he's a Muay Thai. So I feel like that falls into my into my game a lot. Did you think you you maybe get? And this is no disrespect to Douglas, but I mean, mm. coming off that win against a guy like Ricardo Hamos, I I thought you were probably gonna get a bigger name, like someone closer to like the top twenty, top twenty five. And Douglas is no slouch, so I'm not saying that, mm. but. Did you expect maybe a big name than Douglas? Not really, because in in my eyes, he's a, he's, a, he's a big name. Like he he's he's been ranked. Do you get what I'm saying? He's been right. he's been ranked. So for, for me, for me, it's a big fight. Like um, I I'm not trying to rush to to, to top fifteen. I, I feel like I need I need a good two two fights this year, and then start thinking about that kind of that kind of jump up. I, I need to be active. I've had I've had what two fights in nearly t- in two years or something. So for me, for me, that's not active enough. Do you think styles wise, this can be like kind of a showcase for you to 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 build upon the momentum of the the fight in July? Styles wise, this is going to bring out the best fight in me. Like somebody that that comes forward, somebody that slings bombs, someone that's there to fight till the end. Like it, it's going to be a good fight and a good showing and good test of my skills as well. So when Dana White breaks down this card and does the "if you don't know now you know" video, like you're going to be featured in this thing, right? Like I know you talked about it after your last win. Like there's just there's no way this fight can't be can't be in that video, right? Yeah, looking at looking at the card, obviously there's some good fights on the card, but I feel like for a, for a viewer that that likes fighting, this is the fight to watch. Like it's going to be fireworks. Like he comes forward and slings bombs, and I I come forward and sling bombs. So I feel like stylistically, it's a it's a fun fight to watch, and so he should be he should be shouting that one out. Are you just very excited to have this fight so early in the year? Because like you mentioned, you only got to fight once last year. This time, you know, you can get this one out of the way. It could set you up for a much more active year because, yeah, I mean, you, if you go through your career, you typically fight two, three times a year. So I'm sure that's something you're looking at in 2021 to be as active as possible. Yeah, most certainly. And, and fighting in January gives me the best chance of doing that. I, I want to get four fights in in the perfect world. I want to get four fights in. And, and we've been working with guys that are going to try and keep me healthy throughout the year. Um just more strength come work more mobility stuff and try to stay healthy and start, try to stay on this ladder get four fights in that would be perfect for me have you been like on a, on a strict strength and conditioning regimen for a while now or is this something that that you picked up along the way so you could be as active as possible yeah it's something i picked up on the way i've been picking up like small stupid little injuries here and there that, that i shouldn't really be getting if if i was doing things properly so i'm kind of trying to take the more i am professional i train all the time but i'm trying to take the the more scientific way and, and build my body so these little these little niggles are harder to come by obviously they're gonna they're gonna come out because we, we're, we're in a um a high intensity sport and we're training hard and and things happen but we want to try and minimize the risk the risk factor do you feel differently at this point heading into a fight than you did for the July fight because of all of that? Yeah, one hundred percent. I've I've gone into my f- my first two UFC fights with with pretty significant injuries, and this time I feel healthy. So we'll see in it. But you know, you know how the game goes. Like you just don't you don't it don't it don't matter in it. It don't matter. You, you, what's going to happen? Going to happen. Simple. Yeah. 
you don't feel it when you're in the cage anyway. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So how do we uh, how do we surpass what you did in July? I mean, that was that was damn impressive. How does this one play out? What can we expect from you on January twentieth? I can surpass that one but it's one of them it's like for me I just want to go and give a clean performance clean performance that's what I want to do that's my my main goal in this if the finish comes great that's what that's what I fight for I don't fight for points but if it doesn't come and I get a win that's, that's also massive for me that means I've, I've, um, I've, I've beat up a guy for three rounds that's, that's high level so I, that's a lot of experience for me but obviously I'm going to be fighting for the finish I feel like this is going to be a really big year for the featherweight division, Lerone. Like, cause there's, I mean, there's so much talent, but the division kind of slowed up a little bit in 2020 just because mm. there wasn't a lot of activity at the top of the division. And I know that you're not in any rush to get into the top 15 at this point, but with that, it does create opportunity for guys like yourself, like we saw with Kevin Holland and, and Hamza Chamaev to, to make a name for yourself. We don't want to look past Douglas on January 20th, but what kinds of goals have you laid out for yourself in 2021? Yeah, so if we're talking in the perfect world, like I want to have two fights and maybe head for the top fifteen. After that, if if obviously it all goes well, that's that's my plan. End of the year, start fight, fighting these top fifteen guys. Like I'm just gaining experience as I go along, and I feel like I feel like every month I'm getting better. Every training session I'm getting better. I'm I'm, I'm learning new things about myself. I'm, my my team's stronger now. I've got I've got a solid team around me now. So I feel like I feel like now's the time to go and. We, we're growing daily. So you're in London right now. It's Thursday as we're recording this. When do you fly to Abu Dhabi? So we had our COVID test this morning and wait for the test to come back. If all's good, we fly tomorrow night to Abu Dhabi. There you go. Uh, before you fight, there's a big featherweight matchup going down uh, between Max Holloway and Calvin Cater. That's the main event on January 16th. How do you yeah. see that one going down, man? Like, do, do you think the former champion gets it done, or do you see Cater picking up the biggest win of his career? Well, if Cater wins this fight, it's, it's definitely a title shot for him. Well, in my eyes, anyway. But it's a tough fight for them both. I feel like stylistically, it's a great fight for the fans and the neutrals. And I'm I'm neutral in this one. I, I, I'm a fan. I like. I won't say I'm a fan of them both, but I like both of the styles. I think like they're both exciting to watch, and they're both great fighters. So I'm just going to be watching as a neutral, and whoever wins wins. May the best man win. I think this fight is flying under the radar so much. I mean, you got Connor and Poirier. I get that, but I feel like this yeah. one just is so good. It's so good. I feel like this is a better fight. This is a, this is a better fight. It's talking talking main events on this island. That's the one to watch. Yeah, so you think from like a competitive standpoint, this is more competitive than than Connor and Dustin? Yes, I feel like this is like the biggest 50-50 fight in main event. Like it's it's really fifty fifty, and it depends what Holloway shows up really. And I feel like if the best Holloway shows up, then we're in for we're in for a, for a banger of a fight. I can't wait to see how the first round plays out because yeah. typically they're both like they're both slow starters. Like Max looked mm. great in the first round of the second Volkanovski fight, but typically like mm. they start slow and then they come on as it goes. Mm. I wonder how this yeah. first round's gonna go. I feel like I feel like both like I feel like both of them have lost close fights also. So I feel like they're gonna push the pace from the get go. I feel like they're gonna try somebody's trying to try take control in the first win that first round, get that under the belt and then because it's going to be so close, you can't you can't have no rounds off in, at that level. Um, you need to be you need to be going through it from the get go. And I feel like Max Holloway is going to try push the pace early. 
Is there is there like a dream matchup that you have in mind right now? Like, is there someone in the top 15 that you're like, you know what? Like, I'm not there yet, but at some point in my career, like, I have to fight this guy. Mm, I wouldn't say anybody in particular, but the title fight is is what I'm. Whoever's got the title for me, for me, it's just about. I'm just trying to provide for my family and get to the top of it, get to the title. That's that's all I'm about. I don't care who I'm fighting or what. No, I've got no vendettas against nobody. I just want to provide for my family and get that title. That's that's me. So whoever's got the title at that time and whoever's in my way, I'm, I'll fight. Yeah, it's business, right? It's not personal. Yeah. It's business. Yeah, of course, of course. Got to take but, care of the loved but, ones. But but saying that, um, I would like to fight somebody that's. A legend and I've been watching growing up that would be that would be nice like to, to see people because I've been watching the UFC before I even trained so to, like I've had to get to fight somebody that I've been watching growing up that would be massive for me like who who, who would stick out uh, you smart you smart <laughs> I um, listen <laughs> I'd say somebody like maybe Cobb Swanson or something I've been watching these guys for years like these guys are legends and 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 for me to, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't. I'm not calling them out, but I wouldn't. No, no. I wouldn't start saying names of people that I think have over the hill and passed it. Cubs Swanson looked great in his last fight. So, um, even like Ricardo Lamas, like people like that. But I think he's retired now. But these guys still look, still look good, and it'd be good to test myself against these people. Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to Cub like after that fight, and the mindset that he has right now, just yeah. you know, going through the ups and downs, losing four fights mm. in a row, and seeing and hearing where he's at right now. It's amazing, man. It's amazing yeah, man. how it's like how your mind just kind of molds you, even in a physical sense. Like he was just a completely mm. different guy than the last time we saw him. Yeah, it's true, man. Like the mind, the mind is is it's a crazy thing, isn't it? Like look at look at fighters like Masvidal. I won't say he's a, it was an average fighter, but it was it was getting average results. And then he changed his mindset and look where he is now. He's one of the biggest fighters in the world. So it's all about mindset and just just change, just getting that right mindset for you. And to learn that this early in your career, I mean, you've obviously learned that. You've gone through a lot, so your mind is mm. as strong as a lot of these guys in, in the organization. But to have that, mm. have those things in mind now compared to, like, the Mazdas and the Swansons, that's got to be, like, a huge advantage for you, right? I'm just watching these. I'm just looking at the blueprint of these guys. I, obviously, I've been in the sport a short time, so I'm just looking at, at how these top guys are doing it and and trying to trying to build my own blueprint off that. There you go. The uh, Lerone Murphy autobiography is going to add a new <laughs> yeah, chapter yeah. on January 20th. <laughs> Looking forward to That's seeing me. you back in there, man. You had a, a great mm. performance in July. I appreciate the time very much. Happy quarantining, safe travels, and uh, all the best to you in the fight, man. Yeah, all Thank you. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 